Out of Place, written by Fei Li, read by Kaylin Wrights. Chapter 7 Something was poking Harry in the face. He waved it away, but it was incessant. Harry opened his eye in time for the hovering note to poke him in it. Sitting up and holding his eye, tears falling, Harry snatched the note out of the air with his left hand. Old Bell Tea, 10 a.m., Don't miss. Once his eye was back to fighting form, he looked around the room. He seemed to be in a flat not unlike his own. The chain of a pocket watch was wrapped around his wand. As he stood, he pulled on the trousers crumpled on the floor and stuffed his wand in the wand pocket. The golden watch told him he had thirty minutes to make his meeting, so he hastened to finish dressing. Harry knew where the bell was located, and gripped his wand as he apparated. The pub was quaint, old, even by London standards. The place was on one of Hermione's lists. He passed it a few times in his life when he walked to and from Tesco's. Inside, it was nicer than he'd imagined, though it seemed to be a muggle tourist spot. He muttered a few laundering charms under his breath with a hand firm on his wand. They worked well enough. There were no patrons yet, so he took a seat at a far table, and settled in to wait for whomever he was to meet with. A server arrived. Usual, Harry? He nodded, caught off guard. He glanced at her name tag. Thanks, Irene, he said to her. I'll bring hers too for you, Irene said, before rushing off through a dark swinging door. Harry fiddled with the menu, held upright between condiment stands, and took in the pub's decor. The stained glass in the windows seemed to contradict the menu written on support poles in some kind of chalk. The pub was comfortable. Sorry I'm late. Getting out the door with Lucy and Adam lounging about is more tricky every week, Lily said, and pulled him up, wide-eyed, into a tight hug. He should have expected it. Harry hoped she didn't notice the delay in returning her embrace. He held on and willed away the tears forming in his eyes. She pulled back a wide smile on her face, and draped her peacoat over the back of her chair. New seat? I'm up for a change, she said and grinned. He cleared his throat and blinked a few times before sitting. Irene returned with a tray full of dishes, spreading them out on either side of the table, and chatted with Lily all the while. Harry fixed his tea and poured his ale into the provided glass, taking only a moment to decide that ale was the better way to go at the moment. The two women continued to talk once Irene's tray was empty, so Harry watched his mum's expressions and sipped ale. Irene took her leave, and Lily turned her attention to him. So, tell me about your week, she said, and fixed her own cup. Milk, no sweeteners. I, uh, how was yours? Harry asked. Lily narrowed her eyes, then lifted her shoulders. Fine enough. Lucy and Adam, both being home, are driving me mad. Love them both dearly, as you know, but they squabble constantly. You know it's me they expect to mediate, as your father just winds them up, Lily said to him. Any brotherly advice? Harry laughed under his breath. No, on your own for that. Could always threaten to send an owl to ask McGonagall's advice. That'd put fear into anyone. Lily laughed, loud and free her bright smile staying on her face even after. 
Maybe you'll visit soon? Her smile faded and looked more strained. I can make sure your dad isn't there. Though I do wish the two of you would talk. She dug into her food, and Harry did the same. The distraction and ability to think was welcome. He didn't know if he wanted to further his agenda, or just take comfort in this world. One with his parents. And siblings. Let's do it, Harry suggested, his voice a whisper. What? Lily asked, and settled her fork on the edge of her white plate. I'll come by. You don't need to shoo Dad away, Harry said with more confidence. You know, he'll bring up, well, him, Lily said with care in her voice. I know the two of you aren't together anymore, but Dad won't drop it. Let him. It's fine. I'm sure it'll be all right, Harry said. Okay, Lily agreed, sounding unconvinced. Lily sighed along him to the house, which was not the expected cottage in Godric's Hollow. It was a beautiful, manor-like farmhouse, or farmhouse-like manor. The fields surrounding the property were lush, and the sky showed no signs of the low clouds that had hung over London. Instead of heading inside, Lily led him around the building, to what looked like a horse pasture. Two figures on broomsticks were overhead, and another was at the other end, lounging on a blanket with a book hiding their face. Harry followed his mother, who he noticed was just a bit shorter than him. He didn't know why he'd always assumed she wasn't tall. Across the pasture, he could now see a young woman lying on her stomach, reading. She had dark, curly hair that hung around her face and touched the edges of the book. The young woman reminded him a bit of Hermione until she looked up, and she looked so much like him. Same cheekbones, chin, eyes, though hers seemed to have more of a glow to them. A bright smile popped onto her face, and she stood in a second and threw herself at him, book forgotten, and squeezed harder than Lily had. Harry! He wrapped his arms around her and held on for as long as he could. The cruelty of the world came into focus then. This was a soul that had never been allowed to exist. Hello, Lou, he said into her hair. She squeezed him harder. I didn't think I'd see you till summer. I missed you, Lucy exclaimed once she pulled back. Your last letter said all of nothing. The flying figures landed a bit behind her. Harry watched as he answered Lucy. I'm sorry. You must know that letter writing isn't my strong point. James Potter, and a boy of thirteen, perhaps, walked in their direction, clutching their brooms. Harry felt Lily's hand grab his shoulder and squeeze. Harry! the boy yelled. He dropped his broom and pushed past his sister to wrap his arms around Harry's middle. Hello, Adam, Harry greeted and squeezed the boy. He sent an apologetic look to his sister, who rolled her eyes in response and smiled to show that it was okay. When Adam let him go, he ran back over to pick up his broom, and James moved a step closer. He had expected his father to be upset with him, based on what Lily had said, but the look on his face was of restrained anger. "'You're well?' James asked. Harry could hear the strain in his voice. "'I am. How are you?' I've uh, missed you, Harry said, his stomach clenched. Fine, 
Is he with you? No one's with me, Harry said and glanced away. Dad, stop, Lucy demanded. Harry's hand was grabbed, and he looked down to see Adam pulling him into the field. Fly with me, he asked, and pushed his broom into Harry's hand. He wrapped his fingers around it and nodded. Adam grinned and collected James's broom, hopping on and rising up. Harry launched into the sky, falling into a game of chase with his brother, and let his cares float away. They flew until he was tired, then met above the middle of the field and lounged on their brooms. Stopped, the sound traveled to them, and Harry looked at the edge to see Lucy and his parents, red-faced and arguing. Don't listen to it, Adam said from his side. You know how stubborn Dad is, but he doesn't mean it. He says he doesn't mean it, just never to you. It's all right, Harry said, and swung his broom around. Do I make it worse? Sometimes. I mean, Luce and I get why. So does Mum. She says Dad can't be reasonable when it's about him. Lucy thinks Dad feels betrayed. I think he's an ass, Adam said to him. Both, probably, Harry said as he understood who the argument was about. I should go try. Every time you do, it gets worse, Adam warned. Let's hope it doesn't, Harry said and flew down. I swear, if you make him leave, Lily growled when he was in earshot. I'm not leaving, Harry said, and three angry potters turned to him. He gave an awkward half-smile and looked at James. Can we talk? I'd rather not, James said. Not what I asked, Harry said. James frowned and Lily decided for him. Of course you can talk. We'll be inside. I can stay. Lucy offered. No thanks, Harry said and smiled to her. Harry watched as his family walked across the field toward the house and drank in the image. I'm not reinstating you, James said once they were alone. To what? Harry asked and turned back to him. My will. Harry smiled. I don't care about money. What do you want? James asked. He crossed his arms and looked Harry over. To tell you I love you, I've recently come to realize how important saying that is. It startled James, and it took a moment for him to collect himself. Are you still in contact with him? I don't know. Does it matter? Harry asked. It matters, James said in a lowered voice. Let's go with the safe answer and say yes. Do you love me less? Harry asked. It's not about love. You know that. We would have died, all three of us, James said, his voice turning into a growl as he continued on. Mum, me, and you. Your brother and sister would have never been born if that man had his way. You don't understand what you're doing by associating with him. Harry took a moment to collect his thoughts. I love you, and you've no idea how long I've wanted to have a conversation with you. About anything. Harry said and looked off at the field for a moment before returning his attention. You'll never know what you don't know. I don't want to argue, so the best thing I can do is go. James frowned and nodded. Tell Mum and the others that I love them, Harry said, and apparated away to hide the tears in his eyes. 
Harry had the rest of the day in a calm world, and he refused to waste it. Hermione had sung the wizarding half of the Bodleian Library's praises so often over the past two years that he felt it deserved a look. Perhaps he'd return tomorrow if it worked out. The library looked and felt like the one at Hogwarts, only enormous. It was busier, dozens of witches and wizards navigating the rows, avoiding collisions with one another by chance. Navigating the trove would have been a day's work on its own, if not for one librarian, Anne, noting his vacant expression and offering her help. He was recognizable in this world. Anne led him to the row dedicated to Greco-Roman tomes, suggested a few, and supplied him with ink and parchment. Five hours later, Anne had taught him how to consolidate his research, plied him with a wide-eyes potion, and went home. An hour after that, Harry left himself, armed with a twelve-inch section of parchment and a wider understanding of the various gods of time. He decided he would spend the rest of the evening memorizing every word on that page. He regretted his failure to bring a traveling cloak as soon as he exited the grand building, and even more regretful for not noting down where he lived. He didn't know who his friends were. Number twelve was an option. If his parents were alive, Sirius was probably free. But with the heartache that colored his mourning, he wasn't in the mood to set himself up for more. Ensconced in a booth at the Leaky Cauldron, he ate as he ran through his research, line by line. The table shook, and Harry looked up to meet the gaze of Severus Snape. It occurred to him how normal that was becoming. May I? Snape asked. Harry nodded. Sure. You met with your father today, Snape said. Harry startled, then a grin grew on his face. You don't say. Should I bother to ask how you know that? Your sister is a busybody, and your brother frets. They had concerns, Snape said. Because I left? Harry asked. No, that was expected. Why, then? Snape's head tilted, and his lips hinted at a smirk. You were calm. No shouting. They never once suspected violence. Adam believes someone is masquerading as you. Lucy assumes you're emigrating, and that was your farewell. So they contacted you? Harry asked, his curiosity getting the better of him. Not for the first time, Snape said. So, which is it? Harry thought for a moment. Neither, and both. What is that supposed to mean? Snape's voice had lost its teasing lilt and gone hard. Harry fought the urge to tell him everything. A joke. Don't be angry with me. Not today. It's been... Harry sighed and pushed up his glasses to rub his face for a moment before replacing them. Just not today. When he looked back across the table, Snape was reading his notes. Harry reached for the parchment and Snape twisted to avoid him while his eyes scanned. Finished, Snape dropped the notes onto the table and met Harry's gaze. It took a few seconds to realize what was happening, and as soon as he did, Harry cleared his mind and pushed Snape out. How dare you? Harry asked. Snape sat straight, and Harry noticed his arm moving. Toward a wand, he assumed. Who are you? Snape asked, 
You know who I am. Are you looking to duel in a pub? Harry asked. His eyes flickered to Snape's wand arm and back. Where did we meet? Harry scoffed. There's no time for this. It's too late in the day, he said. Where? Snape asked again. When I was eleven, at Hogwarts, Harry said, and pulled together his things. He stood, dropped a handful of coins on the table, and made his way through the crowded pub. Only a few steps outside of the pub, he felt pain as Snape grabbed his shoulder and whirled him around. Snape's wand was an inch from his nose. Where is he? He is me. I shouldn't have lost my temper, but you've no right to traipse into my head, Harry said. Harry does not know how to shield his mind, Snape said. You gave yourself away. Been poking around my mind, have you? Harry asked. Clearly not the first time, if you know that as a fact. A bright flash to his left distracted Harry long enough for Snape to cast. Stupefy! He pushed himself up and swung his legs over the side of the bed. Harry took a moment to untangle the duvet from himself and stood for a moment, comforted by the sight of his apartment. He took a quick detour to the toilet, washed his hands, then opened the cupboard. A level two sleeping potion. Overkill, but it would work. Harry made his way back to bed, drank the potion, and was asleep before he corked the phial. Wake up, you lazy thing, a voice grumbled in his ear. Harry groaned and swatted at the noise. Up, you'll be late. Good, Harry grumbled. The man sat before he shook Harry's shoulder. When Harry opened his eyes and realized it was Snape, he bolted upright. Are you ill? Snape asked. It took Harry a moment to understand the question and figure out an answer. Um, yeah. Snape nodded and felt his forehead. No fever. I'll leave you a sleeping potion and check on you after morning classes, Snape said. When he walked away, Harry relaxed into the bed, letting his heart calm. Snape returned and set the potion on the bedside table, and half lifted one side of his lips in a facsimile of a smile, then left. Harry took the potion, drank it, and dropped the file on the floor.